What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, a new chapter, the White House's new plan for this stage of the pandemic. We're trying to handle whatever waves come our way with Dr. Scott Gottlieb. If we do get uh, a big wave of infection again this fall, this winter, uh, you don't see all the kinds of intrusions into our lives as we saw these past waves. And one week into a war in Ukraine, how far will Russia go? Putin has ensured his own downfall. He, he, he miscalculated exactly what a liberal democracy for 30 years does to a people. Those stories today, plus Peloton's bumpy path out of the financial red zone. If I've spent $2,000 on a bike, I might be more inclined to make sure I'm using this stupid thing every day to get my money's worth. If I've spent 80 bucks or 160 bucks because I've had it for two months, I'm a little, I have a little less skin in the game. It's Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, two, three. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. To Ukraine now and the latest on the Russian invasion and the global response. Kayla Tausche joins us with more. Kayla, good morning. Good morning, Becky. It's now been one week of war in Ukraine and blasts continue in major cities. One million refugees have fled the country and more than 2,000 civilians have died. NBC News says Western officials believe 6,000 Russian troops have died as well. This morning, Ukraine's foreign minister says Russians might be pointing rocket launching systems toward their own people, another possible false flag operation to accuse Ukraine and justify the continued invasion amid reports of Russian troops overtaking a port city in the south called Kherson and for the first time installing a military government in a population center. That city's mayor writing on Facebook, there were no negotiations, but there were armed visitors to the city council and he's working to secure the city and eliminate the consequences of the invasion. Meanwhile, outside the capital of Kyiv, a convoy remains stalled with no fuel for tanks or food for troops. The Pentagon yesterday said Russia still intends to take the capital and install its own government, but so far has not secured any major city. I'm sure that the Russians would have never predicted that they would be in a place that they are in uh, at this point. Our focus is to make sure that we do everything possible uh, to provide as much uh, uh, support uh, to the Ukrainians so that they can defend themselves. The White House is asking Congress for an additional $10 billion in funding to aid Ukraine and pausing the planned test launch of a ballistic missile to avoid any actions that could be misconstrued. Becky? Kayla, when you look at this, everything seems indefensible. What is Russia doing to try and defend itself in this ridiculous position? 
Well, just this morning, Becky, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, tried to say that there are no troops in some of these major cities, that uh, it is, in fact, Ukraine that is to blame for the situation that is unfolding in that country. This, as another round of talks is scheduled to begin this morning between Ukraine and Russia. Meanwhile, many social media and news platforms are now cut off in Russia because of rampant misinformation. Becky. Kayla, is this time different? I mean, Russia's been able to get away with some of these things in the past because our intelligence wasn't strong enough. Maybe we didn't have the capabilities of getting a word on social media in some places where they shut it down. This, this definitely feels like this time there's some pretty irrefutable evidence that you can put up against these claims that they're making. Well, and that's one of the reasons why the administration chose to take a diplomatic 180 of sorts in recent weeks to quickly declassify information, to put as much of this information out there uh, in the public so that the U.N. Security Council, NATO and other organizations and world leaders could uh, draw their own conclusions about what exactly is going on and who is to blame for this. Uh, certainly the president and top cabinet officials said it would be anywhere between a few weeks to a month before uh, the consequences could be fully understood by Mr. Putin and whether he decides that at that point it's time to withdraw. You probably read the op-ed about I read this op Did you guys see this op This made, I don't this know put which me one. in a much better mood that, uh, about the former CIA the act, Russian forces? acting director. No, it's oh. just about Putin has ensured his own downfall. He, he, he miscalculated exactly what a liberal democracy for 30 years does to a people. And there's no way you're going to be able to occupy this. They're not going to go for a puppet government. You're not going to be able to occupy a, a place the size of Texas. And that sooner or later, just like the last Cold War, he's going to lose this Cold War. And the 600, 700 billion he has in reserves, that seems like a big number now. That could go like this if he's got no support with the rest of the world. He's ostracized. He's never been more of a pariah than he is right now. And, and people like him can, can miscalculate and can yes. be wrong. And Kramer's been, you know, what, what other hope just... do we have? What other hope do we have? That, I'm just trying to take an optimistic viewpoint that this will not stand, hopefully. That would be a great exit ramp. But, but then, what, then you've got to figure out what's the exit ramp. Right. And then you also have to figure out, does he go down with the ship? Meaning right. there's always a point where if you really are going to lose, you say to yourself, I'm going out with the blaze of glory. Meaning I'm just going to, I'm throwing everything but at it. it, 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 it that's it, not the case. No, I know that, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's but not. his whole notion of, of returning Russia to the glory of the days of the Soviet Union was probably never possible. But he's so isolated, I think, from, from and with all yes men that, that no one really clued him in on what the world is like now. I, I'm hoping all these things, but it's seeing a beautiful city like, like, um, what do we call it now, Kiev or Kiev, but seeing, I mean, Freedom Square, I mean, we have places where that, that seem sacrosanct that you, he has no, these are war crimes, and the, the bombs that, that suck the air out of people's lungs. Well, and, that, that's what I, I don't get past. How does he come back from this? Because there isn't going to be an easy way to say, okay, we're going to forgive what you've just done, um, and how do you convince him to not double down? But, yep. you know, maybe there's internal change that comes from and, and the country. There's from testimials Russia. from some of the, the Russian troops that are saying, but this is not what, what, am, we were what am I doing? doing? There's, okay. there's children dying. I don't want to yeah. do this. And yeah. I don't know. Three largest container ship lines are halting non-essential bookings to and from Russia in response to the Ukraine invasion. 
Switzerland-based MSC, uh, Denmark's Maersk, and France's CMAC, MG, wow, they got to shorten that, are all halting cargo bookings until further notice. The shippers will continue deliveries of essential supplies like food, medical equipment, and humanitarian goods. And uh, Mercedes-Benz now saying it's going to suspend exports to Russia and cease manufacturing there until further notice in a blow to the oligarchs, I guess. Uh, that follows a similar move, uh, less so uh, to the oligarchs from Renault. Who want one of those anyway? Tesla CEO uh, Elon Musk saying he's open to the United Auto Workers Union holding a vote about organizing labor at the company. He tweeted the invite, really, as a part of a conversation started by KISS band member Gene Simmons, who speculated that President Biden didn't mention Tesla in the State of the Union because Tesla is non-union. We've said similar things. Musk responded uh, to a later comment saying, quote, our real challenge is that the Bay Area has negative unemployment. So if we don't treat and compensate our awesome people well, they have many other offers and we'll just leave. I'd hereby or I'd like to hereby invite UAW to hold a union vote at their convenience. Tesla will do nothing to stop them. Tesla resisted unionization efforts at the Fremont, California plant several years ago. In a case that the NLRB ruled a violation of U.S. labor law, Tesla has appealed that decision, but we've talked about it before, and depending on how you do the math, especially because so many of these workers are paid in stock, Mm -hmm. um, the truth is that they have been paid better uh, on average than Ford or General Motors employees doing the same jobs that are unionized. So because it'll be very the, interesting to see. Because of the stock compensation and look at Tesla yes, shares. If you take, right, no, that, but if you, right, if you take the stock out, obviously the comp is not the same. So you but have to Stock compensation is a huge motivator, too. That it, that it is, and there's a debate about that in terms of how, how the UAW wants to get stock or not from uh, GM. I mean, look, some of those employees from GM actually, it, part of it's a timing story. If you were a right. GM employee circa 2000. 10, uh, you've actually done okay too, oddly enough, because you were you were you, you got down right after the crisis. So, I don't know. Next on Squawk Pod, turning a corner. We hope the president's new COVID nineteen plan, how we could handle whatever's next in this pandemic, with Dr. Scott Gottlieb. They're going to continue to subsidize the production of at-home diagnostic tests, knowing that probably a good portion of those are going to get wasted if prevalence doesn't pick up. But that way, you always have a supply on hand. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. This month marks two years since life has been anything but normal. 
The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted businesses, schools, transportation, and family movements. And more than 900,000 Americans have died. President Biden at this week's State of the Union. We've reached a new moment in the fight against COVID-19, where severe cases are down to a level not seen since July of last year. The White House is unveiling a new roadmap for handling COVID-19 in 22. It shifts from response to a new normal, managing the disease. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci briefed on the new plan yesterday. Now, if new variants emerge, we now have faster processes to assess the impact of the virus on our vaccines. And this plan ensures that we are ready to deploy personnel and resources to quickly update the vaccines. These the administration's big goals include a vaccine program for children under five, if authorized by the FDA, a test-to-treat initiative that would allow people to get free antiviral pills immediately after testing positive for COVID, and a new FDA process to speed up authorization of variant-specific vaccines. We turn to Squawk regular and former head of the FDA, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, for reaction. Here's Becky Quick. Scott, um, we, we definitely are shifting to normal mode. Um, things feel pretty good in most places of the country right now. Um, what does this new plan do, and do you think it is enough to be prepared for any variants that might come down the road? Well, look, I think it's a very comprehensive vision for how we deal with this as sort of a constant menace. Uh, COVID's probably not going to go away. Uh, we're probably going to have to contend with it next winter, next fall and winter, I think, for the foreseeable future for the spring and the summer. Barring something unexpected, we're probably going to have pretty low prevalence and have a pretty normal spring and summer. And there's really nothing on the horizon that appears to be threatening to change that trajectory right now. What this does is lay out a comprehensive vision for how we can deal with this in the long run and create what we call a hot base of preparedness. The old notion always was that you create a warm base of preparedness where you could scale up manufacturing or the things that you would need, the countermeasures you would need to deal with a contingency like this. What they're proposing to do broadly in this plan is keep the production on. So, for example, they're going to continue to subsidize the production of at-home diagnostic tests, knowing that probably a good portion of those are going to get wasted if prevalence doesn't pick up. But that way you always have a supply on hand if in case uh, the virus starts to surge again. They're going to do the same thing for manufacturing of biologics and vaccines, start investing in domestic manufacturing capacity so that you can scale up production very quickly should you need new countermeasures to deal with something new, a new variant, a new strain that comes on the horizon. Those sound like, um, like good ideas and things that we've learned, maybe what's just happened over the last six months or so, watching where we ran short of things when, when there was a spike. Do you think this is enough to address it all? I think it's very comprehensive. Uh, you know, this is sort of a grab bag of the best ideas that have been out there, and they're starting to look at this through a national security lens. There's other stuff in there that deals with some of the more immediate needs. For example, putting out very granular, specific guidance to schools on how to keep schools and daycare open. They specifically addressed daycare settings. They're going to funnel money to schools to improve air filtration and handling, provide for more testing program for schools that want to use that as we get into the fall and the winter if prevalence does pick up again. So they're addressing some of the things, some of the challenges that we had trying to keep some semblance of normalcy amidst surging infections so that if we do get uh, a big wave of infection again this fall, this winter, 
uh, you don't see all the kinds of intrusions into our lives as we saw these past waves, particularly schools having to close down, people being required to wear masks because you didn't have other ways to try to prevent spread within those settings. So they were addressing that. The other thing, another thing that's interesting in this plan is they talk a lot about creating more consumer-facing portals to provide information directly to consumers and people in the economy. Um, so they're sort of giving up on CDC. I mean, that's the traditional role of what we looked to CDC to do in the past waves of infection. Now they're talking about creating new, new structures for that. And so that's either going to reside in CDC as some, some new authority, some new capacity, or they're going to take it outside CDC. And that seems to be what they're intimating in this plan and create a more consumer-facing um, portal, more consumer-facing uh, agency to deal with some of the day-to-day -day needs of people. Hey, Scott, some of the things that you mentioned, I, I thought we had already done like a year ago. We'll provide more money to schools so that they can fix their filtration systems, make sure that they have money for testing. What happened? How come that money never got there in the first place? Yeah, look, there's more in here, and we never really provided good guidance to schools. Ultimately, schools had to look to state agencies to get a real playbook on how to stay open amidst a surge of infection. Um, so I think that this is really a restart on some of the things that we didn't do adequately. So, you know, the criticism you could say is, well, why didn't the administration do this six months ago? Uh, but we learned a lot along the way, and they're doing it now. And so I, I just give them credit for the fact that they've laid out a comprehensive vision for how we're going to deal with this in the long run. And we do have time, hopefully, to get these things in place, because I'm hopeful that we won't really have to deal with a big surge of infection until we get into the fall or the winter. Now, the tail risk always is that something comes along unexpected, uh, but we don't see anything on the horizon right now, and that risk is being diminished over time as we acquire more and more immunity. And we have to also keep in mind that we have more availability of therapeutics that seem to be broadly active against multiple variants if, in fact, something new should come along. Hey, Scott, uh, just a testing question for you. Uh, one of the new variants of Omicron, or I don't even know if it's being put into the Omicron category anymore, apparently doesn't show up on certain tests. I ask about that because as we stockpile tests, is it possible that we could get into a situation six months, eight months from now uh, where there is a new surge and, in fact, the tests don't work? Yeah, look, it's certainly possible. I think that you, what you've seen with some of the variants uh, is diminished sensitivity, but they, the tests do pick up, for the most part, the complement of variants that we've seen spread. Um, it's possible that something could come along, that you get a mutation in the particular portion of the virus, the antigen, that the test is picking up. But we should be able to re-engineer these tests pretty quickly, like we should be able to re-engineer the vaccines pretty quickly. It would diminish the value of the stockpile that you've picked, you've you've accumulated over time. I think it's less likely that you're going to see the virus obviate the antigen-based tests that we have in the marketplace than the vaccines because of the way what, what's targeted with those tests is more conserved with the virus, but it's certainly possible. Finally, um, when, when you talk about the diminished ability of the test to pick up certain variants, I think you're talking about PCR, not the antigen-based tests. Okay. Scott, appreciate it. Cheese will be next. Up next on Squawk Pod, spinning down stock ownership, Peloton, its founder's stock sale, and what's next for the one-time pandemic must-buy, almost everybody wanted one. When I got married, I, you know, I, I really, I, I could stop dating, stop exercising. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, what's she the- picked the winner. What's the point? <laughs> this podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, 
packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. All right, Andrew has these stories next. Peloton's founder and former CEO John Foley now sold about $50 million worth of shares in the company to an investment firm backed by Michael Dell. Foley, who stepped down in February, still holds enough shares after that sale to maintain effective control over Peloton. MSD Partners, backed by Dell's family office, said it is pleased to support the new CEO, Barry McCarthy, who sits on the board of a SPAC that's also backed by Dell's family office. Peloton stock has lost more than 75 percent of its value over the past year and erased much of its gains from the pandemic. But there's a lot of hope uh, that Barry will come in and try to turn things around. He has some really interesting ideas about effectively changing the business model of Peloton. So instead of buying effectively a two, this is what he said to me, instead of buying a $2,000 bike or a $4,000 treadmill, you might end up and, and paying a $40 monthly subscription, you might end up paying $80 a month. To lease the to effectively get, and that's the whole thing. And so, if he can, his whole that thing is that you can get to customers who wouldn't have been. If able he to can bring down the price, the, the early price point, right. and get more devices effectively in, and make it a, a fully. This is a very Netflix kind of way to think about it. Make it a full subscription business. Now you take that, on that, the, that makes a, a lot of risk, sense, but you take on the risk of, it, a if huge, of the credit. Like, there's a huge have, credit and capital yeah. risk to doing it this way. Right. And by the way, we talk about credit risk. You know who's taking the credit risk on for most of these so far? A firm, which has been a huge beneficiary of Peloton, because most of the people thus far who've been buying Pelotons have arguably been good credits. Would they not be doing this through a firm? They'd be doing this themselves and checking on the credit history for I mean, people that, before they do it? or. Well, it's not even a credit history thing. I mean, what he wants well, it to would do. Be. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm going to give you two thousand dollars or four thousand dollars worth of equipment, I am now on well, the line. So and I'm for, hoping that you're a good credit. So for a firm, score. that's the case because yeah. you're going to own the device in the future. If they go through with this and they're te- you're going to test oh, it. Oh, you're leasing it. You're not owning it. You're not even it's not even a lease. It's a, just a subscription. And the whole idea is that you're going to love this service so much. But if you decide to quit, do they come take the bike back yeah. or the treadmill? No, that's exactly right. The idea would be. They're going to, you, in the same way that, that Netflix is... That is risky with exercise equipment. Well, <laughs> but, but the idea is actually that right now... plans the for truth every is, healthcare pl- The truth is that Peloton machine has the, some of the lowest churn in the business. It's about 1% on a monthly basis. Which but that's because I've already spent it. Well, and that's a very interesting question, if you believe that that's why. If I can get out of it like a gym membership, what is the retention well, 1%, for gym 1% was pandemic before that, but it was only like 2 or 3%, I think. Look, right? it, it, that so relative sticky. to like cable is one of the best churn businesses in, the, in the town. The retention is for the subscription for Correct. the... Correct. So, so, and this is where... These I'll, are actually using So this is why I would disagree, right, yeah. which is to say that if... 
it's not just that you own the bike, because you can own the bike and not pay the subscription fee. Right. And Which so you, you, you own the bike and don't pay the subscription Okay, yeah. so you're that, you're, you're, you're that example. You, you are one of, the, you're part of that like one per, very, very small, small group. So, I, look, whether it can work, I don't know. If you were to do something like that, you'd probably need to potentially either raise more money because it's going to take a huge amount of capital. But the idea is to, effect, to effectively create a much larger TAM. I mean, that's, you know, that's, a much that's great that they have those retention levels. That's really, truly impressive. Um, my, my only question would be is if you expand beyond uh, to a larger and larger group, can you continue to retain that? I think Especially that's if the, they've got it. That's the fundamental question. But if, if they can do it, maybe, maybe that and makes By the way, if I've there. spent $2,000 on a bike, I might be more inclined to make sure I'm using the stupid thing every day to get my money's worth. If I've spent 80 bucks or 160 bucks because I've had it for two months, I'm a little, I have a little well, bit of skin in the game. Totally, but that's yeah. what, what his argument is. If you can create a service that people love yeah. and people do seem to love what's on the screen... Right. It's not, but as they've he already would, done that. As he would say, they've it's not. They've already done that. The question is, can you do that and make sure that they're going to keep paying you by not getting? But the problem is that, that there's not. An, there may not be enough people who can buy it at two thousand dollars. Yeah. But think about all the people who are spending one hundred fifty dollars, one hundred dollars, two hundred dollars okay. a month. But what happens when the economy turns? Right well, now, this is consumers the, are very flush. And by the way, they're not spending on other stuff because they haven't haven't been traveling. What happens when the economy turns? Do they consider yeah, that? I think you're asking all very fair questions. I don't. I, and you I, know. I don't. I don't know what the answer is either. I mean, it's incredibly impressive if they have that low churn. That's incredibly impressive to me, especially with exercise. Uh, Peloton's got. When I got married, I you know I, I really I, I could stop dating, stop exercising. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, what's you the... You picked the winner. What's the point? What's the point at this point? What, what, what difference does it make? No, I, got, I did get some good exercise with my Peloton. I told you that. T- trying to get it up the stairs from, from the basement. There were like eight people. We were all trying to find a place. that They're so heavy. They're well made. Yeah. You do not have the bike. No, the treadmill. You, I would get the treadmill, but I don't, want, I don't want a bunch of stuff on. I just turn it on, but I also need someone to tell me you have to do it, so... She's not always home. That's the pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. You can tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And please follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Rate or write a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think. Have a great Thursday, and we'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.